everyone, Matt Williamson back at you as we're doing every day here. Devin Bush, obviously a huge topic of conversation with the Steelers, with all of you, and he's worrisome. I mean, there's no way around that. I mean, they gave up a lot to go get him, and we'll address that here in a minute. My, my, I've told you a lot of what I think of Bush, and I don't think the book is totally written. But I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be Robin. He's not going to be Batman. And you drafted him to be Batman. I mean, so is he ever going to live up to what you paid for him? Probably not. That doesn't necessarily matter anymore on August you know, 24th, you know, 2022. He's, he's here. He's going to play. He's a starter. Um, I don't think Spillane has any chance to unseat him. I also think that there will be more and more packages with Jack as the only linebacker on the field. Uh, Dime, big nickel on base downs instead of base personnel. So there's a lot of things you can do to get him off the field. But he's going to play, and he's going to play, assuming everyone stays healthy, the second most snaps of any linebacker, unless someone falls in their lap that's a veteran, and I would be open to grabbing one of those guys. You know, Maybe there's a team out there, a rebuilding team, that has a third round pick this year or last year that they want to get on the field, but they have a six year veteran that's making a little bit of money that they were, there's kind of in the way, you know, th- th- sometimes those guys get traded or even cut. So I think they should be open to that. However, I didn't think Bush played bad on Saturday. And I think while I've just said a lot of bad things about him, He's better than most of you think. <laughs> you know, he's not the worst linebacker in the league. There's still ability there. He still makes mistakes, but I think so far this year in this camp in these two games, he's been more fundamentally sound and he's moving better than he did last year. So I think the arrow's pointing up. It's not through the roof, you know, stocks gone crazy going up, but I think it's slightly going up, which is promising. What I haven't seen, and which I think is really worrisome, though, is so few splash plays or wow plays. You know, like you would think a guy like that, the common watcher could just be watching defense like, whoa, he's a a black and gold flash across the screen, you know, sideline to sideline or gets his hands on footballs. Hasn't been the case. Doesn't mean it won't be. Um, This is going to take a little time, so I'm going to dig right into it, but this I think will be very eye-opening to you guys is (laughs) first round linebackers are so far from a sure thing and times have changed dramatically for these guys. And here's the reason. First of all, coverage is king. You know, you have to affect the passing game. Few, none are Micah Parsons that can do it as a blitzer, a pass rusher off the edge in a TJ Watt like fashion and be a great second-level player. So I'm only talking about second-level players. I'm not talking about edge guys that got drafted that NFL called linebackers. I'm talking about pure off-the-ball guys. There have been some good second- and third-round picks, some very good ones, the Fred Warners, the Leonards, those type of dudes. But I'm going to go through all the first-round picks in the last 10 years or so. The hit rate is unbelievably low, and... The key is there are some positions, tight end comes to mind, corner comes to mind, and linebacker was never one of these, that your rookie year and early in your career is a lot harder than a lot of people think. And the reasoning 
is couple it's twofold. First of all, coverage is hard at this level. It just is. And you're playing a different game in terms of where the hash marks are. You have a lot of run and hit 215 pound linebacker types that just play to the field in the in the college level. They play, you know, they, the hash marks are much more condensed so that you have a big wide area or much wider. I'm sorry. So you have a big wide, you know, section of the field that they can just run and hit and play in space. But more so than that is linebackers just get manipulated. You know, Kyle Shanahan looks at rookie linebackers and says, I'm going to play action him to death. I am going to manipulate him, put him in conflict to death, you know, with motions and all these stuff that Matt Canada is trying to put in too. It affects those linebackers eyes and makes them hesitate for just a second. College level, you can, you can hesitate for two seconds and you run a four, four, you track a guy down this league. You cannot. And I want, uh, I'm going to make this segment kind of you know, short, just talking a little bit about Bush and why these guys struggle. But next segment, I want to go through all the first round linebackers of late and it'll amaze you guys that the hit rate is unbelievably low, which then brings up the conversation. And again, there's some hindsight here. Should the Steelers have traded up for Bush? Of course not. We know that. But should anybody trade up for a linebacker? Should you really use early picks on linebackers? It has not been a good investment lately. And that's more of a big picture thing. But one of the things, if you guys are unfamiliar with my work, that I think I bring to the table at least as much as anyone in the city of Pittsburgh, if not more, is an understanding of the other 31 teams. And the Steelers fans love you guys, but you're blinded by black and gold and don't see the rest of the league particularly well. So they're not alone in terms of investing in linebackers that are, again, off-the-ball guys that have, that have not been happy with their investment. So when we come back, I'm going to go through them all to prove my point. We're back. I randomly picked the year, not to make myself look better or whatever. I just picked 2000, everything since 2014. And here's the reason I took 2014. That's the Ryan Shazier class. And Steelers used 15th pick on Shazier. We all know how that went. It was going very, very well. They were happy with it. But in the drafts since then, these are the guys that have been off the ball linebackers. And here's how their careers have gone. Also, the year Shazier was picked, the Vikings took Anthony Barr and the Ravens took C.J. Mosley. None of the, the, neither one of those guys is going to the Hall of Fame, but they weren't busts. You know, they, they weren't terrible picks. So let's start in 2015. And shortly after this is when the Steelers really became linebacker needy, of course, because of Ryan's unfortunate accident you know, on the field. So 2015, this is a year the Steelers took Bud Dupree. I am not counting him as a linebacker. But there were two off-the-ball linebackers in that class, Shaq Thompson with the Panthers, who, here's the deal with Shaq Thompson, and this isn't uncommon, and this could still happen to Bush. Shaq Thompson was the 25th pick overall. He was a raw athlete, and he struggled for the first couple years. Now I consider him one of the best linebackers in the league. 
But this is 2022, and and from 2015 to 2018, he looked a lot like Bush, you know, so things worked out for him. The other first-round linebacker was Stephon Anthony from Clemson with the Saints. Total bust. Really did nothing in the league at all. Late first-round pick. 2016, Deron Lee, 20th pick overall to the Jets. Total bust. I think he might still be playing football. Anthony is not, but barely. And if so, it's as a special teamer. He does not see defensive snaps. He got manipulated to no end by quarterbacks, and his recognition skills just weren't close to being on par. By the way, that's also the year Miles Jack was drafted in the second round. He was a 36 pick overall, just for a frame of reference. So let's go to the next year, 2017. There was only one off-the-ball linebacker that year. Well, there was two. This was the year T.J. Watt was drafted. I'm not counting him as an off-the-ball linebacker. The Lions took Gerard Davis. Small, gets pushed around, bad recognition skills. I think he's in the league, but barely. Started a lot of games, not particularly well. Often was looked to get replaced, and now he has been. And then I almost don't want to count Reuben Foster. He was the 31st pick overall. Immensely talented with immense off-the-field issues. No longer a football player. So he may not count. He's sort of a different beast altogether. 2018. Now, 2018 is really interesting because this was the year everyone wanted the Steelers to draft a linebacker. This is when the search really began for Shazier's replacement. Steelers end up taking... Edmonds that year because they got shut out on the top linebackers and Leonard was the next linebacker taken. Nobody thought he was a first round pick. I'm not going to blame the Steelers for not taking Darius Leonard. By the way, Edmonds is getting a lot better and I think he's going to be a major part of making up for the Bush shortcomings. You know, so again, with nickel dime, whatnot, big nickel. So you guys probably remember this class. The, it went Roquan, Tremaine Edmonds, Leighton Vander Esch, Rashawn Evans. I know all you guys want to trade for Roquan Smith. He's turned the corner, but much like Bush and much like a lot of these guys, his first couple years in the league were worrisome. He had splash plays, though, which is great, but consistency was not there for Smith. I think it is now. I also think that's why people are hesitant to give up what it would take to draft, you know, to acquire him. And then pay him. But I think he's over the hump as a high-quality linebacker. Tremaine Edmonds, I thought, would be a little better at this point. But he's a highly important piece on a great Bills defense. They're happy with him. He's a good pick. He'll be borderline pro bowler, you know, in that neighborhood. Might still get better, as these guys do. I thought, I expected a little more. But I'm not being hard on him. They're happy that they use a 16th pick on him. So that's a hit. Van Der Esch is not, and neither is Rashawn Evans. You know, those are the guys, realistically, a lot of us thought the Steelers would be in on. Van Der Esch had one good year and has been basically benched ever since or rotated in. Rashawn Evans now is not a Titan. He is a Falcon and is playing for them, but probably wouldn't play on just about any other defense in the league. So, you know, there were four linebackers that I just mentioned that everyone thought one of them would end up as going to the Steelers. They all went in the top 22 picks and they got about a 50% hit rate there, you know, and that was a good linebacker class. So case in point, next year is the Steelers year that they took Devin Bush. Um, we know about him. He was the only other first rounder was Devin White, who everyone thinks is way better than Bush. He is. He's a better player than Bush. However, 
White has had about as easy a transition as you're going to get to that position. He's been protected by Namakong Su and Vita Vea, and Bush didn't have that advantage last year, but he has been protected well by the Cam Haywards and Tewarts of the world. But he also is playing next to one of the best linebackers of this generation in Levante David, who's an unbelievably positive influence on White. So he fell into a perfect nest still. And even to this day, I think he's one of the most overrated players in the league. His splash, though, is unbelievable. It's as good as any linebackers in the league. Rare explosion, rare speed. Still does the wrong thing a lot, though, and still gets picked on in coverage. Like, I bet in buck practices when Brady wants to, he picks apart Devin White, you know, and knows how to do it. So he's far from a home run prospect. They're happy with him. Don't get me wrong. He makes a ton of plays. He has rare abilities, but he's not a superstar as people think. (laughs) 2020, the first round picks were Isaiah Simmons, who... Arizona is finally figuring out what to do with him. And this is what they're doing with him. He's playing slot and he's blitzing a lot, which is exactly what he did at Clemson. And even some deep middle free safety is what he did at Clemson. But he really isn't a linebacker. Like if you asked him to do Devin Bush things, which they did early in his career, he struggled drastically. Um, The Chargers used the 23rd pick on Kenneth Murray. Total bust. Replaced him. He's still on the team, but snaps when Murray's on the field is bad. Um, A guy I have super high hopes for here is Jordan Brooks. I think he is going to take over really well for Bobby Wagner, who kind of like White had a a mentor to learn from. Very, very important for him. I think he's going to be a high-quality player, but this is going to be the first year, I guess last year, He's really been counted on. So they brought him along. They nurtured him very, very well, as the Bucs did with White. Last first rounder that year is Patrick Queen from the Hated Ravens. Um, Really up and down to this point. And this is sort of like what I mentioned with Big Nickel. I think they're going to make Queen's life a lot easier now with three safeties. You know, after drafting the stud from Notre Dame, they're going to play a lot of three safety stuff and count less on Patrick Queen. But he still has a chance to be a good player. He's not a great player. I mentioned Parsons before. He was a rookie last year. Utter superstar. But Zayvon Collins couldn't play for the the Cardinals. And I loved him coming out of school. I thought the Steelers should have considered him in the first round that year. Um, He couldn't beat out the guys ahead of him, you know. So he's been a liability. This is already a pivotal year for Zayvon Collins. An untraditional 6'5 type linebacker with some rare traits. But they didn't trust him at all. I mean, he was all over the place as a rookie. And then the other one last year was Jamin Davis to... Washington. I mean, he went to the football team at the time. Really athletic, really terrible rookie year. I mean, massive liability for Washington right off the bat, you know, and again, pivotal time in his career. They're still counting on Collins and Davis. Brutal, brutal rookie years. So I'm not going to talk about this year's rookie class. I mean, that's Quay Walker and Devin Lloyd. But we'll see. You know, I mean, they haven't played NFL snaps yet in terms of real, real time stuff. But I just listed a lot of linebackers there. And not only is Bush not the worst of the group, it's just a lot of, and this is not an excuse for Bush. I'm just showing you the facts. There's a lot of proof that high pedigree, great combine guys, you know, big time 
quote, I'm putting an air quote, draft prospects that were great in college too. I mean, that they do not translate well or certainly early in their careers. Not a lot of success stories in that group. And a lot of those picks were pretty darn high, as was Bush. So I thought this was fun um, just to give you guys a little perspective of what other teams are dealing with in the same situation. Uh, that's a wrap, though, over in the You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.